0: ...fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist... ...from the White House to War Zones... ...telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: And on this Friday night... ...I thought I have heard it all... ...I never imagined... In my lifetime, we would have something as Orwellian as a disinformation board at the Biden administration. Boy, are we in trouble, guys. They suddenly come out with this after word gets out that Elon Musk is buying Twitter. And of course, the liberals go crazy. Oh, my goodness, it's going to be so stilted now as if. What they were doing before about the Hunter Biden laptop and all those other things, as if that wasn't slanting the news? My goodness. And now we have basically the czar of disinformation who essentially is like Mary Poppins. This is the wildest thing. We're going to talk about this later on in the show because at first when I heard this, I thought – Oh, this has to be a joke. This is just somebody like, you know, you know, mixing things up on social media or doing something, you know, tweaking with the audio. Sure enough, this is the real audio of now the woman who is in charge of determining what is disinformation in the Biden administration. Now, they claim that it's basically designed For the border, that it's basically designed towards homeland security issues. In other words, people who might want to go after America and to be able to separate fact from fiction. I'm thinking you can't even handle the border as it is right now. And you're going to add a layer of determining what is disinformation and what isn't. And I can tell you right now, I do not want the Biden administration and I definitely don't want this woman deciding what is disinformation, what isn't. She's the one who was saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was hogwash. All the Trump investigation go forward with this. I mean, this woman is not an unbiased character. And she's also a wacko. Take a listen to her. This is, again, of all people that they pick in the country. First of all, I don't like the idea of a disinformation board, and I want to get your sense on how dangerous and I think McCarthyite and Orwellian this sounds. It's so dystopian to me. It's such an uncomfortable thought that these people are in charge, that they're going to be, like, ratting out if they don't like what you say, as if you trust the Biden administration to be determining that. And what a coincidence, again, that it comes up right after everything with Elon Musk. I mean, to me, that is just, it's so transparent what's going on here. And then of all people in the country, they pick this loony, Kazuni. Take a listen to her.
2: Laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious. By saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. so disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little idle lie, it's how you hide a little idle lie, it's how you hide a little hide a, little lie, hide a, little hide a little lie, when Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo when we really should take note, and not support their lies with our wallet, voice or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious, it's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious, by saying them in Congress for a mainstream outlet this. information's origin seems likely less atrocious. <laughs>
1: Wow. That is the person who put that out about disinformation not that long ago. And now that Looney kazoonie is in charge of deciding what is accurate and what isn't accurate about the homeland and what's out there. To me, this is really scary because now they're shaking in their boots about Elon Musk and they're trying to come up with some alternative. And they found this loony-kazoonie, Mary Poppins woman who is clearly one of the most biased people I've heard out there and not a very good singer either. So we're going to get into that later on in the show, because to me that is just so stunning that there is something like that out there that in this year, 2022, that an administration would say we're going to create a government disinformation board. And I want to get your take on that. Are you as uncomfortable as I am about it? Because to me, I just, to me, I I shake my head. I think it's disgusting. I think it's frightening. And I think we are headed in a really dangerous location if we go there. Everybody, of course, you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show here on this Friday night. And one of the other big stories is, of course, crime. And we are seeing enormously skyrocketing numbers across the country. Almost all the major cities are definitely seeing rocketing crime. And we're seeing it in New York as one example, guys. In New York, crime has spiked essentially 40 percent. So what does New York City Mayor Eric Adams do to go after crime? Does he say, "Okay, I'm going to finally keep Alvin Bragg, who's the soft on crime DA in New York. Am I going to finally put him in line and basically say, do not let repeat offenders out? As we know, there are just a couple thousand that seem to be repeating over and over and over again in this revolving door that we're seeing in major cities across the country. That's the place to go after it. Oh, no. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, decides he's going to go after the police and go after Their use of cell phones. To me, this is one of the most outrageous things I've ever heard. You hear, okay, gosh, we're going to start cracking on crime. We're going to try to streamline things. I'm thinking, okay, good. Maybe he's going to finally get tough on the DA, finally get tough on judges. Maybe he's going to finally say enough is enough. You see the numbers, they are skyrocketing all across the city. And that's happening in all the major cities across America, essentially, especially those run by liberals. And what does he do? He goes after the cops like that's the priority. Are cops using cell phones? I want to get your reaction tonight to how preposterous that is. To me, that is one of the most insane things I've ever heard, that that's the way that we're going to streamline things and really fix things. First off, the cops are using their phones often for work. They're looking. They get alerts all the time of, like, missing people or here's an arrest. Here's a picture. Here's where you can locate someone. They were given smartphones as part of their responsibility. They were told to use them. They're texting. They're looking at images. This is the way technology works. That's the way you get a hold of them. And this guy doesn't know. He's a former cop. And he's spending his time right now not thinking of how to keep repeat offenders locked up to make sure that violent offenders do not do it again. And there's a lot of them. He's going after cops with cells. What does that say to you about his priorities? And does that say to you that first of all, he has no clue of what police really do, even though he's a former cop. That's what doesn't make sense to me. It's like, he's a former cop. He should know how vital that is, but yet He's saying if you see a cop there on their cell phone, make sure you hand in a picture of it. Like speaking of uh, the disinformation bureau and ratting out people, now we want citizens to kind of rat out cops and go, okay, if I see them on their cell, I'm going to take pictures. There are so many people that are videotaping cops all over the place. How many times do you see somebody like throwing something at a cop and then they start videotaping and go, oh, you're coming after me? Oh, you're, you know, I mean, all these things are constantly happening. And cops already feel like everything they do is being micromanaged. And now you are going to say, hey, rat out on a cop if you see them writing or doing something on their cell phone? They're working. This, to me, is insane. I don't understand why Eric Adams would come up with this. And I want to hear your thoughts if you just think this is one of the most ridiculous things for a New York City mayor at a time where crime is skyrocketing across this country. That one of his solutions is to ask citizens to take pictures of cops on their cell phone saying they're not really using their time well. So you're going to go after cops? What about going after the criminals, for goodness sake? It's 1-800-848-9222, one 800 and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Here is Eric Adams making the statement that I think almost every cop in New York and across the country went, are you kidding me, buddy?
3: You know, you walk downstairs and you see five transit officers standing at the booth looking at their phones. Just can't. We just can't continue to do that. We are going to start taking very aggressive actions to make sure police are patrolling our subway system and not patrolling their iPhone. And if you see it, send me a picture. Let me know. Because I go to that,
1: that district the next day and see exactly what's happening. All right. So let me just digest what I just heard. Send me a picture and I'll go to that district. Two things. First off. Do you want just people all over a major city, a big city like New York City or any big city across the country, sending pictures to the mayor going, hey, uh, here's officer uh, number 1234 looking at his phone at 201? Uh, You know, I mean, give me a break. And second of all, he's going to go down to that district. Is that the kind of use of time right now where crime is exploding? For example, in New York, remember there was the subway shooting that took place not that long ago. Today, there were two people that were killed by a subway train. There are reports that they may have been homeless individuals. Homelessness is a huge issue. Crime is a huge issue. And our mayor is saying, oh, yeah, send me the pictures. I can't wait to see them. Like, that's how I want my mayor looking at his time. And then I'm going to go to the district. That's really the best use of his time. The best use of his time right now would be to be at Alvin Bragg's office, the soft on crime DA, and saying, what the heck are you doing? You need to hurry up and get your butt in gear, or we need to try to get somebody else who can, who can fix this city. Because New York City, the crime is skyrocketing. And that is the same case that we see in so many cities across this country. And to me, there are so many of these, it's like, this is the solution? I, I was blown away at the stupidity of this comment, and so was Paul Giacomo, who is the head of the Detectives Endowment Association. Represents a lot of cops. Take a listen.
4: Well, the reality is this. Uh, that's a ridiculous statement, uh, because that phone is used as a lifeline for that police officer or for that detective. Uh, there are dozens of alerts that come over that phone on a regular basis. Uh, missing persons, wanted people, accidents, fires. Um, we are forced to look into that phone. It's part of our job today.
1: Yeah, and he is a former cop, the mayor of New York. He should know. This is the solution to fighting crime at a time where violent crime is exploding. Homicide rates exploding. Gun violence is exploding. Violence on subways is exploding. People don't even want to go near the subway. It's so dangerous. You had COVID, and now you got homelessness and crime all over the place? Are you kidding me? And his solution is going after the cops. That is pathetic. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil on line two. Uh, Phil, your thoughts about the gun issues. I want to get your thoughts on that.
5: I I wanted to talk about that issue of the uh, government truth bureau.
1: Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Phil, because we're going to get to that later. But go ahead. It's Friday night. Go ahead.
5: Okay, here's the deal. Uh, As in Orwell's novel, 1984, he spoke about the Ministry of Truth. Ministry of Truth's job was to basically rewrite history and tell people what is proper think and what is improper think. And what's happening here is you've got a political party that is the prime prime judge and jury on the matter of what is true and what is not. You can't have that. There was a constitutional amendment that says it's freedom of speech.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. But now, but now, Phil, did you does... did you hear, though, they're using it to say that it's about protecting the homeland. They're saying that it's the real creation. It was basically, you know, anybody who's, you know, sending out disinformation for people trying to cross America. Um, I contend, Phil, because, you know, what was it, this week? Thursday and Friday, Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, said the border is doing. They're doing a great job at the border. I would put a big stamp on that disinformation. <laughs> you know, I mean, give me a break.
5: Well, the whole the whole bottom line of this the issue is that their their label of what they consider to be true or not, or potentially true or not. You see, you see, Rita, the biggest problem here we have nothing but a a term that so and so. Whatever it is, bureau, We don't know what they're going to surveil, what they're not going to surveil, what qualifies as a mistruth, what qualifies as truth. We have no idea. We're slapped in the face and told, give it up. But we'd like, you know, kiss us before you slap us. Give us some information, you know, to, yeah. to outline the program.
1: You're right. You're right. Phil, thank you very much. You're right. There's nothing to say exactly what it is, what the guidelines are. And second of all, they're the ones deciding what's right and what isn't right. That is a frightening place to be. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, we're talking about this. Also talking about Eric Adams and the fact that he is going after cops on cell phones. That is his way to crack down on crime. Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: The Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Protecting America with Rita Cosby.
1: General Keith Kellogg, I think some of it may be COVID, some may be paranoia. Is it a different Putin or is this sort of the Putin you expected?
6: I think it's a combination of both, Rita, but I think he believes he's very, very isolated. He may have had some issues with COVID or maybe some others, but I think the guy feels like he's totally isolated. And when you isolate somebody like that and give him no escape route, then something dangerous can happen and i think we're seeing that so i don't know if something has changed him physically but he's not the same guy that i was on 18 different phone calls with him with president trump and he never sounded like that at all and the president would always push back on him and the president was good about that because he did it to everybody else he'd pick up the phone and call him and i don't know but i just think there's a lot of things that have played into it
0: download all of red apple media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform it's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Sometimes you're better off dead. There's a gun in your hand that's pointing at your head. You think you're mad. Too unstable. Kicking in chairs and knocking down tables in a restaurant. In a western town. Call the police. There's a madman around. Running
1: down. Underground. And there are a lot of madmen and women running around in a lot of big cities across the country. You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. And crime is skyrocketing and the violent crime numbers are skyrocketing. And in fact, I mean, by major double digits in New York City, since Mayor Adams took over and he said he was going to clean up the streets, that crime was going to be a priority because he knows that if people do not feel safe on the streets, at home, in their businesses, they're not going to come and stay here. They're not going to come visit here. And that's why getting crime fixed is a huge, huge priority. So, what is he doing? He's going after the cops. He is saying, Cops, stop looking at your cell phones. That's his solution. That's outrageous. Cops use their phone for work. Take a listen to the response from Paul DiGiacomo, uh, where he just said, This is preposterous. He's the head of the Detectives Endowment Association.
4: We should be concentrating more on the criminals and the cops looking into their phones, uh, as they should be. Um, You know, what needs to be done is the police are doing their job. We've made over 2,000 arrests uh, since the mayor has been in office with guns, and we've made over 10,000 arrests in the last two years regarding illegal firearms. Uh, What's failing is our justice system. There needs to be a mandatory minimum of time spent in jail if you're caught with an illegal firearm. That will dramatically uh, cut down on the violence in New York City.
1: Thousand percent. And we have a mayor in New York City who is a former cop, but he's going after the police officers saying, if you see something, anybody, and you see a cop looking at his phone, take a picture and send it to me, and then I'll go down to the precinct the next day. Uh, Boy, he needs to be spending his time a heck of a lot better. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in Nevada on line eight. John, your thoughts about this?
7: Hey, Rita. I'll tell you this. Eric Adams is a wiener. He's a huge wiener. He, uh, he, the only reason he came out and said this is because of political pressure. Uh, he blows with the wind. Whichever way the wind blows, uh, he speaks about it. But you, yeah, and you know, but you know what, John?
1: Fine. He should know better. He is a former cop. I mean, and listen, I'm not a former cop. I have a lot of friends who are cops because I love the police. Um, but, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure they use their phones for work. How else are you going to communicate?
7: Yeah, he, uh, he's just blown in the wind. He's blown in the wind. He's a spineless bastard.
1: Wow. You're really letting it rip tonight, John. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to uh, let's go to Debbie on line seven. Go ahead, Deb.
0: Hi there. It's me. Um,
8: the blind lady who sees with her mind and heart.
1: Oh, I I love it. Deb, I love that. I love and I love getting the call from you. What do you think, Deb? You always have some great perspectives.
8: Oh, I would love to have someone uh Dressed up as the shadow to go stalk him, to go stalk Eric Adams.
1: Yeah, although, you know what? You know the thing is, Deb, I don't want anybody to be stalked. You know, like, for me, I don't like that he's asking other people to do the same thing. You know, like, he's asking these other people who are watching, hey, if you see a picture, stalk the cops, get the pictures, get as many as you can and send them in to me. Like, uh, if that doesn't, you know... I think, further erode relationships between the community and cops. I don't know what does. You know, making citizens like they're ratting out cops if they're on their phones. I mean, that to me is ridiculous. This this to me is insane. And, you know, I agree. I think the cops should be protesting outside and saying, are you kidding me? Do you understand what we do? I mean, it is it is insane. Let's go to J.C. in Pennsylvania, Line 8. Go ahead, J.C. Hey,
9: Rita. How you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. What, what do you think of this crazy solution?
9: Oh, it's insulting. He's just just another dumb Democrat. Okay, I had told you when he was running, he was only giving lip service, and now here's the proof of the pudding. People should have listened to Curtis, Curtis Lewa. He knows what's going on. He knows what Eric those knew what Eric Adams was all about. Where was Eric Adams when they were ripping apart the city? after the riot, okay? Where was he? Was he hiding somewhere? Curtis Lever was out in the streets protecting the city. So he now he's tearing down the cops? Is he kidding? That's unbelievable, Rita. Just so unbelievable and so un-American. Now, he says he wants to fight crime, and all he's doing is dividing dividing up the, the people in the city. Now, where's the commissioner? The commissioner should be out and... and, and laughing out at him and saying what are you kidding
1: i know although jc you know that that's kind of tough when she was appointed by him but i agree with you it is outrageous and you bring up a good point because during the riots you're right curtis was out there eric adams who knows where he was we're going to continue talking about this after the break
0: listen to this podcast now on the red apple podcast network download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue.
1: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor great law enforcement and their families. A beautiful story coming out of Braytonton Florida, where a police officer was honored this week at a city council meeting for saving a woman who was seriously injured in a deadly motorcycle crash. Uh, the chief of police said it's an honor to present this life-saving pin to you, to that officer, Officer Jessica Surignano, and she's a year and a half into her career with the Bradenton Police Department. On January 29th of this year, she was on her way home from work when she came across a crash on the interstate. A car hit the Strope's motorcycle, and Martha Strope and her husband Joe were thrown into the road. Can you imagine this? Martha lost part of her leg, and Officer Serignano used a tourniquet to stop the bleeding and performed CPR to bring her back to life. But Joe's injuries were too severe, and the retired law enforcement officer, sadly, he did not survive. Though Joe died in the crash, Officer Serignano said that she was glad that she could be there for Martha. And Martha believed that it was her husband, that she said that my husband at that point in time probably knew he wasn't going to make it. And I really believe that he sent her. She is an angel and now has become an extended part of the Strope family. Martha Strope said, I lost my husband and my children lost their dad, but we gained a daughter and sister, an officer, Jessica Sarignano. That's what I see her as. She's a daughter and a lifesaver to me. What a beautiful story about the great work of our men and women in blue and the important work that they do every day. And that's why I think, because we always love backing the blue, when I hear that Mayor Eric Adams of New York City, that his solution, you know, think about all the problems in liberal cities across the country right now, and you could put almost any liberal city in here and suddenly the mayor comes out and, oh, I've got a solution for cracking down on crime Oh, good. Are you going to throw away the keys and lock away the bad guys? Are you going to make sure that the DAs do something? Are you going to make sure that there are more officers on the street? What are you going to do? The solution was making sure that officers get off their cell phones. He says there's been a trend of them being on their cell phones. Well, that's outrageous. They need to use the phones. That's part of uh, basically their equipment, their smartphones. They're getting hits as to whether somebody is on, you know, be on the lookout, someone missing. That's how they communicate. And yet this mayor has basically said, hey, citizens, if you see them on the phone, send us a picture of them working on their phone, looking on their phone, randomly doing whatever they're doing on their phone. Send it to me and I'll go down and address it with them personally at their precinct. Can you imagine how many people? Sadly, that have problems with the police are now going to like be, you know, trying to sneak around them, take pictures of them, send it to the mayor. And what the mayor is going to be spending his time going down, talking to police officers not to use their phones, which they need to for their work. Boy, cops jobs are tough enough. And this mayor just added something that to me is preposterous. Take a listen. Here is a little bit from Paul Giacomo. Again, he is head of the Detectives Endowment Association saying cops jobs are tough enough. Why are you making it tougher, Mr. Mayor?
4: Well, it's a very, very difficult, difficult job. Uh, we've seen this before in the late 80s and in the, in the early 90s. And the only way to get control of it is, again, to have consequences. And our justice system must work. And right now it's not it's not working.
1: No, it sure is not working. And so the mayor is going to spend his time looking at pictures of cops looking at their phones, which they do for work, and then go down to the precincts and talk to the cops. Boy, is this the most dumb idea that I have ever heard. And I think it's insulting. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let's go to Mike on line 7. Mike, your thoughts. Go ahead.
10: Hey, Rita, great show. Um, You know, I got a lot of friends, retired uh, NYPD, Nassau County. uh, But to think, to think the mayor could come up with this idea as a former police officer himself, to take a picture of police officers on their phone. Are you kidding me? They need it, like you said. That's part of their equipment. They use it, you know, daily basis. And with the crime rate running rampant around New York City and other Democratic cities around the country, Chicago's a killing field and others. I mean, that's the most ridiculous notion. There's no logic in that at all. You know, maybe his assistant gave him that idea or some other, you know, underling. It's it's outrageous. It's a head shaker. That's but Mike, is.
1: And that's when somebody should have said, just like you said, as a former cop, he should have said, uh, boy, is that a stupid if somebody came to me. And again, you know, I have many friends who are cops, you know, I've I've not been in law enforcement myself, but if somebody came to me, I'd say, uh, what's your name? You know? Uh, oh, okay. You are the dumbest person working for me right now. You're fired. If that's your idea of fixing crime, I would go, are are you stupid? That's how you're going to spend your time looking at cops. That's your solution. And that doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. And I'm not a former cop and he is. So why do you think he allowed this? Even if it was a bad idea pitched to him, he went out there and talked about it, Mike.
10: He certainly did. And he's making such a big deal about it. much ado about nothing. I mean, come on, let's get real. Let's get real. You're a former cop, and this is the best idea that you can implement?
1: Yeah, it's insulting. In it insulting. It is insulting. Where insane. where are you a what's your background with law enforcement? You mentioned your family or your lot. friends.
10: Well, I have a lot of friends, uh, uh, Retired NYPD, Nassau County. I have a nephew who's a a state trooper, and I have other uh, friends whose sons and daughters are in law enforcement. I always had respect for veterans and and, and police officers. And that segment you you, uh, read before about Bradenton, I've always used that expression, you know, uh, every day. You know, when I was in Florida for a year and a half, I'd go up to young officers and say, hey, you know what? I respect you. Back the blue. Anybody who doesn't back the blue, guess what? You should you should go back to, to stage one and look at the country. You know, we don't even recognize the country as it once was. It's a killing field. And, you know, especially, like I said, large major cities in our country, Democratic cities, it's out of control. And this uh, this so-called mayor of all the ideas that were pitched to him, this is the one that he highlighted. I mean, you know, it's, it's a literally it's a head shaker.
1: You just can't believe it. It is. Yeah. I, I actually thought like at first, wait a minute, that's a joke or something. But No. You know, I'm just glad that the police unions are, are coming right out and going, you are nuts. I mean, to me, it makes him look so out of touch with the fact that he doesn't even know that they use it for work. Doesn't know that they got him, basically. I think it was through a grant or however it was, but they have him. Um, You know, they need him. It's a necessity. You know, it's not even a question, you know. It's a necessity. And that, that's how, that's the focus. You know, to me, it says... A couple things about his filter. If it wasn't his idea, why didn't he block it and say, get out of my office? What a stupid idea. And second of all, who does he have working for him that that's what they're thinking is? I mean, are they, they're living on Mars. It just shows they have no sense of what it's like in some of these major cities across the country. And that is really, really scary. Um, Mike, thank you very much. And speaking, by the way, of crime. I mean, one of the other big issues is obviously shoplifting. I was at a store the other day. I actually saw the shoplifter doing it right in front of me. I'm like, did did I just see what I think that person did? You know, I was at a drugstore, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. Did that person just walk away with all that stuff in front of me? Yes, they did. And I said to the person at the counter, I said to them, you know, that person just did, like, it just was so, like, casual, like, no big deal. And she goes, oh, yeah, he was here last week. He did the same thing last week. He took some more today. And she wasn't even running after him. Not that I would expect, you know, a young woman to run after this big guy who was shoplifting. Because um, I don't know if there was any other security at the place at the time. But to me, it was like no big deal to her either. It's like par for the course. And she said, yeah, last week he was here, did the same thing. I had a feeling he might do it again. But he did it so fast this time and he took a whole bunch more this time. And I'm like, the guy's just walking out like he like basically looks like he... uh You know, works at, uh, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue or Nordstrom or whatever. Like, he's like walking with big, big bags out. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so casual. And that, sadly, is what's happening to so many retailers in New York City. In fact, in New York City, shoplifting skyrocketing 81% compared to last year. And the owner and operator of Red Apple Audio, of which Rita Cosby show is a part of proudly, uh, John Katsimatidis. He is one of the most successful business owners, owns tons of restaurant chains. He has talked about how bad things are as a business owner in New York City because of crime. Take a listen.
9: People that come in, ride subways. They're scared stiff. The subways are, are full of homeless. They're full of... Uh, of, of criminals that have jumped the turnstiles uh, the streets of New York. They're full of homeless. They're full of criminals. Now, what I've said to the, all the politicians in, in Albany and all the politicians, enough is enough. New Yorkers are angry. They can't ride the subways. They can't walk around the streets in peace. There's eight and a half million New Yorkers. And what I've been told, there's 3,000 violent criminals
1: that commit 90% of the crime. So why not go after the 3,000 as opposed to the cops? I mean, this is just insane. one eight hundred eight let us go to Brian in Pittsburgh on Line 7. Brian, your thoughts? Hey, uh, Curtis brought this
9: up several months ago. He was the one that was kind of leading the charge on this. But I think his point was, if you had a group of cops, say five, six cops, and all of them are on their cell phone, number one, they're not looking around them. They're not They're not catching criminals right in front of them. Number two, it's dangerous for the cops because that's how they could be ambushed. Remember the, the two cops in the squad car that got ambushed? It's If they're actually looking on their phone for work and there's a group of them, there's no reason why two of them can't be monitoring their phone and the other ones looking around, having situational awareness so they don't get jumped and so they
1: see what's going
9: on around them.
1: No, that's a, by the way, that is a very good point, but that wasn't the reason of this. What they were coming out with, the reason behind this, as it's been projected, was that cops shouldn't be looking at their phone. They should be focused on crime. You know, in other words, in other words, they're like, uh, you know, buying Christmas gifts or something like that. You know what I mean? That's that's how it was projected. Not that they're so busy with what's going on on their phone that they're not able to look up. It's almost like they're lollygagging. And I I promise you, I don't know too many cops in major cities across this country that are lollygogging right now. Right now, they're, like, praying that they're going to make it home safe because crime is so bad. Let's go to Bob on line four. Bob, your thoughts about this. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, Bob, are you there?
11: uh, Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Um, You, uh, Greg Kelly, Curtis Lewa, Bernie and Sid had this guy tagged from the outset. He uh, is—he's disingenuous. He goes to Albany. He's rebuffed by the governor, who is running with someone who's been indicted. Who, who are by, you?
1: Who are you talking about? Are you talking about the mayor? Uh, absolutely. Okay.
11: He, and he goes to Albany. He's rebuffed by the governor, who is running with someone who's been indicted for a scandal. Andrew Stewart's cousin. Even he—he he sends him packing. So now he realizes he's got to be turned left in order to get any support. So. Anything that WBC Radio said about this gentleman is absolutely true. He's an empty suit. He will turn left to get support. I have no confidence in him to turn the city around until we get a Republican mayor there. Thank you for taking my call.
1: All right, Bob. Thank you very much. Let's go to Raymond uh, on line three. Go ahead, Ray. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show.
11: Hello, Rita.
12: This is Raymond from Leonardo, New Jersey.
1: Oh, great. All right. And what do you think, Ray?
12: When when I was uh, a burglar alarm um, inspector-like, I carried a gun in New Jersey. I had a concealed weapon permit. But when I went to New York, to Herald Square, to Macy's, I had to lock up my gun in a lock box. With the ammunition, take the ammunition out of the gun, keep it separate, or else I would get arrested by the Sullivan laws.
1: Right. No, I understand. What's your point, Ray?
12: What happened to the Sullivan laws?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point. But we're talking about criminals who don't care about the laws. You know, that that's the problem, Ray. You know, the criminals don't care at all about... Any of these laws. And that's why, like, when I hear so many people cracking down on gun laws, I mean, New York, for example, has one of the stiffest gun laws basically in the country, you know. And yet, you know, we obviously still have a problem. But it's the illegal folks primarily, obviously, that are committing the crimes. And they don't go through the laws. They don't get the background checks. They don't do any of those things. They're not abiding by those type of things and that's what's happening. I mean, we're seeing it over and over again and in fact one of the things we were just talking about John Katzamatis who owns uh Red Apple Audio and uh, you know obviously owner of this state you know of this station but so many of the the show in general across the country because we're in so many great cities that his point is things are so bad and it's repeat offenders that are over and over again and these guys don't care what laws on the books. They don't care. That's why you have to make them feel pain in punishment in terms of, you know, a sentence. You can't just have somebody come before you and you look at the rap sheet and it looks like, you know, like a Chinese menu. Like that's like 30 pages of different crimes, you know, and then suddenly, you know, it's like, oh, well, let's let's just let them back out on the street again. You know, we'll feel sorry for this person, even though, you know, it's attempted murder for the fourth time. You know, I mean, at some point, these judges have to have a wake-up call. And we just got a, you know, a great call who was talking about having the impact on legislators. And unless these mayors, who talk some of them a good game, but unless they really go after the DAs and say, enough. And by the way, the governor, too. You know, we've got Governor Hochul in New York who, I mean, I think... Both her and Eric Adams are making statements that are opening the door to trying to be tougher. But then when push comes to shove and it's a chance to take action and have an effect with these DAs, I mean, the governor can certainly do that. She said, quote, I'm going to give Alvin Bragg, the basically soft on crime DA, some, quote, slack. How much slack do you want to give the guy when we're seeing these repeat offenders, as John was just saying, over and over and over again. I mean, it's enough. At what point do we have to say safety of the city is paramount and you're spending your time talking about cops? You know? I mean, to me, that's atrocious. We gotta back our cops. We gotta support our cops, not throw them under the bus. One eight hundred-eight four eight nine two two two
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the... Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Protecting America with Rita Cosby.
1: General Keith Kellogg, They think some of it may be COVID, some may be paranoia. Is it a different Putin or is this sort of the Putin you expected?
6: I think it's a combination of both, Rita, but I think he believes he's very, very isolated. He may have had some issues with COVID or may have some others, but I think the guy feels like he's totally isolated. And when you isolate somebody like that and give him no escape route, then something dangerous can happen and i think we're seeing that so i don't know if something has changed him physically but he's not the same guy that i was on 18 different phone calls with him with president trump and he never sounded like that at all and the president would always push back on him and the president was good about that because he did it to everybody else he'd pick up the phone and call him and i don't know but i just think there's a lot of things that have played into it
0: download all of red apple media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: And we are sadly talking about skyrocketing crime across the country. And we were talking about Eric Adams. I want to get your take also on this case in Florida because, boy, is this causing a lot of headlines, guys. Santa Rosa, Florida County. This is Sheriff Bob Johnson, who did a (laughs) headline-making press conference this week, basically encouraging homeowners that they are able to shoot intruders to, quote, save the taxpayers' money if somebody is breaking into your home. And he said it in the context of somebody who was wanted on multiple warrants, a repeat offender, and he said this was a guy named Brandon Harris. He was leaping fences and breaking into houses before ultimately jumping head first out of a window where he was apprehended, a guy with a long rap sheet. And at one point, Sheriff Bob Johnson, again, of Florida, Santa Rosa County, noted that in one of the four houses that Harris broke into, a homeowner shot at him and missed And the sheriff had a message for that person who had not come forward. Take a listen to what he said.
13: And I want to say, uh, as to the person, we don't know what homeowner, which homeowner shot at him. Um, I guess they think that they did something wrong, which they did not. If somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually.
1: Wow, we prefer that you do, actually. Wow, Here's a little bit more of the sheriff advising citizens down there because he said crime is so bad.
13: Whoever that was, you're not in trouble. Come see us. We have a gun safety class we put on every other Saturday. And if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better and hopefully you'll save the taxpayers money.
1: Wow, you will save taxpayers money. And then he said in Florida, you know what? If somebody breaks into your home, here's what you can do.
13: And as I said, you know, uh, if somebody's breaking into your house, you've got all the right in the world to defend yourself. So, um, of course, he didn't get hit, and now we have to pay for him. So,
1: Wow. A sheriff is fed up up to here. Well, defense attorneys are going crazy, saying it was wildly irresponsible advice to tell people to take gun lessons uh, to protect themselves. Where do you stand on this, guys? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Anastasia in Queens. Go ahead, line five. Anastasia, your thoughts. Thank you for taking my call, Rita.
3: Listening tonight to all these issues, everyone is so important, but I do like to say that Mayor Adams owes an apology to our police officers who are the hardest-working people putting their lives up front every day to protect our citizens. And this is very sad that he came out and made that statement. Uh, It's a shame. And as far as the one in Florida who gave advice for people to go and get lessons to protect their homes, That I'm against. We shouldn't take the law in our hands. Uh, There's always, uh, we can always call our police officers to come to our aid. Somebody's trying to get in. We don't do that. That I'm against.
1: Yeah, you don't want it to be kind of like uh, the Wild West, Anastasia. You know, that's where I think people are going with that. It is a little over the top. Um, And obviously he's saying if somebody breaks into your home, you know, but you know, it's interesting you hear from the sheriff and and I agree with you. On the other hand, you also hear from the sheriff just how frustrated he is and how outraged he is with the system. Let's go to Allison, Ohio. Line four. Go ahead, Alice, your thoughts.
3: Hi, Rita. Great show as usual. Uh, I told your screener that misery loves company week before last Cincinnati was named number one for homicides per capita.
1: Oh, my goodness. Wow. I didn't realize that. I've spent a lot of time in Cincinnati. I didn't realize that. Wow. And also,
3: uh, over the Rhine, which uh, went through gentrification several years ago, uh, that, it was rated a couple of years ago as being worse than L.A.
1: Oh, my goodness, Alice. Wow. Wow. Uh, how sad is that? That cities, beautiful cities like Cincinnati, New York, floridas we're talking about what a mess we're going to continue talking about crime and also the disinformation bureau that biden's setting up i can't believe it
0: listen to this podcast now on the red apple podcast network feisty fearless and fair she's an emmy winning journalist from the white house to war zones telling all sides of the story this is the rita cosby show
1: And tonight on The Rita Cosby Show, we're going to continue our conversation about crime in major cities across America. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, advising that the way to really focus on crime right now, not to lock the bad guys up, but to make sure that police aren't spending time looking at their cell phones, which they need to do for work. I mean, how insulting is that? The cops are already overloaded, they're crazed as it is. And that's his advice. And we're also talking about this sheriff, Bob Johnson, in Santa Rosa, Florida County. Uh, Boy, he is making tons of headlines because he said he's just so fed up with seeing repeat offenders over and over again. And he is saying, you know what? In, uh, you know, there's stand your ground. There's all these issues that happen, as we know, in Florida. Remember all these cases? And he says, you know what, homeowners, if you are trained appropriately if somebody breaks into your house, you can shoot them. Not that you want to open that up because you don't want it to be Wild West either. You want to people be trained and all these other things. But he's just so fed up about repeat offenders over and over again, you know, attacking and hurting good citizens. We also heard Alex Villanueva, who is the sheriff there, in Los Angeles, who said he is so sick of seeing the same gang members over and over again. And guess what happens? They get arrested. Then they go to George Gascon, the old soft on crime D.A., and he lets them back out. And he said it is the biggest insult. I mean, things are so bad that sheriffs are openly coming out and saying, like Alex Villanueva, saying he's had it up to here with soft on crime D.A., George Gascon, who's the D.A. in his community. So can you imagine just how bad it is? that they keep arresting the same ones over and over again. He's like, it's like a revolving door. And he said, this DA just does not get it. And that's why, by the way, Gascon and a couple of these others have recall efforts against them across the country. Where's the recall effort for Alvin Bragg in New York city? Because crime is so bad. We know that we've seen it with others and George Gascon, by the way, this is his second recall effort. So let's see if this one maybe boosts him out, and that would sure send a great message across the country that good citizens have had enough. I mean, it is just outrageous. This is, again, one of those George Soros DAs who just continuously seems to get financial backing from these far-left groups, you know, and yet communities suffer tremendously when these people with this crazy left-leaning loony philosophy – And boy, are things a mess there. By the way, also later on in the hour, we're also going to talk about this Mary Poppins woman, which is just so kooky. I mean, this is just this is so crazy. You can't even write this. Here it is. It's 2022. And the Biden administration has picked this woman to be in charge of disinformation, that anybody who proposes disinformation in America and elsewhere, they are going to call them out. And this kooky woman is like singing, you know, this Mary Poppins tune and blasting. And she's in charge. She was one of the people who said, oh, there shouldn't be the Hunter Biden story. Shouldn't be out there. That's disinformation. Of course, we know that was wrong. She's one of the ones who said, oh, there should be an investigation of President Trump on Russia. Turned out, of course, they said there was nothing there. So this is the woman who's in charge of disinformation. We are really into scary times with her. Also, um, lots of big developments also coming out out of Russia, Ukraine. We're also going to talk about that because today um, it was really incredible to hear the Pentagon spokesperson, John Kirby, who, you know, I've known John a long time. He's been associated with the Pentagon for a long, long time. Always pretty stoic. He basically broke down almost in tears today because he said he's been looking at some of the images and some of the damage that Putin has done to. To Ukraine, And it was a dramatic moment. And a lot of people are saying, you know what, Biden, you got to get a spine. You know, you're sitting here and, you know, other countries like the British defense secretary came out and basically said, you know what, we are not afraid of Vladimir Putin. We need to tell Putin that this is his place in the world, that he needs to get out of Ukraine. He needs to know that the full might of NATO, if he takes things further, will be coming down on him. And so far, our government is looking like just Mamsie pamsy And I want to get your take on all of that, too, as well, because is it time? Because there is a narrow window now with Victory Day in Russia. That is May 9th. And a lot of people believe that Vladimir Putin is going to try to do something before May 9th, which is not that far away. As you guys know, it's a little over a week away, and that could mean a very tough week ahead ...in the country of Ukraine as they are just getting battered now by Russian attacks. And we're going to talk about that a big, big hour here coming up here on the Rita Cosby Show. But first, we are talking about crime in America because the numbers are stunning. And I want to play again. This is the reaction from one of the, basically one of the big police unions in the country. This is Paul DiGiacomo. He's with the Detectives Endowment Association. And this is his reaction To Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, saying, you know what, we're going to try to really crack down on crime. And one of the ways we're going to do it is to keep an eye on police officers' cell phones. Listen to his reaction to that.
4: Back when he was a police officer, they didn't have cell phones. So it's a different type of policing now. Uh, But it's an intricate intricate part of policing now, these cell Mm -hmm. phones. And uh, we we obtain a lot of information uh, from them. And it's something that is needed.
1: And then we have... Basically, the sheriff in Florida, Santa Rosa County, Sheriff Bob Johnson, who said that he is so sick of repeat offenders that he is now telling residents to go to gun classes and be ready. And if somebody breaks into your house, you have the right to defend yourself. Listen to what he says about repeat offenders. Uh, This is Sheriff Bob Johnson in Florida. You know, it's just some people don't learn. I
13: mean, this is for us. He's job security. I mean, we deal with them all the time. So hopefully this time he'll go and he won't get out.
1: And he's talking about this guy named Brandon Harris, who was a repeat offender, wanted a multiple warrants and was breaking into a repeated group of houses. Ultimately, he was jumping headfirst out of a window where he finally got apprehended. Thank God. What are your thoughts about this approach to tracking down basically on crime in the country? You've got sheriffs who have had it up to here. And even in New York City, you even hear the New York City Police Commissioner, Keyshawn Sewell, the woman, you know, she's been really vocal about bail reform, really vocal and frustrated about this revolving door. So why can't they fix it? My goodness. You know, it's a Democratic mayor. It's a Democratic governor. And you got a soft on crime DA. And guess what? There are primaries coming up. There's an election coming up. You know, there's midterms coming up. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming up. And boy, will there be a very powerful message if they can't get crime under control in so many cities across America. What does it take? How many sheriffs need to come out and say they've had it up to here? I mean, it, it, it is just skyrocketing right now. one 800 let us go to Conroy on line five. Conroy, your thoughts about this?
14: Uh, how you doing? Um, so I retired three years ago from the New York City Police Department. I was a sergeant. And I served 36 years. And in the three short years that I've been retired, they no longer do reports on paper. Memo books aren't done on paper. Everything's done on the phone. So just because a cop is on the phone, whether it's in the subway or in the radio car or on a footpost, he might be finishing his paperwork from the previous job. So to assume, and that's a police department issued phone. By the way, is that their own personal phone? Exactly, Conroy. Doing something wrong is terrible.
1: Exactly, Conroy. You hit it on the head. They're doing so much work, and you just said that it was issued to them. That's the way. Also. That, hey, you know, be on the lookout for this bad person or, by the way, now a missing child or missing somebody or or, hey, this guy's on the run. Here's what he looks like. Here's a picture. Here's a description. Here's a description of the vehicle. I mean, what are, what do we live in there? What, you want them to go to a pay phone and call in and ask for details? I mean, what does it say to you, Conroy, that a, you know, a mayor who is a former police officer and part of the reason a lot of people voted for him in New York City, you know, I remember we did, a, I did a lot of coverage and and when people were voting, a lot of people said, well, he's a former cop. You know, he'll be good because he'll bridge over both. He'll understand the role of cops. And maybe he can help, you know, other people in the community. He can be kind of a good bridge to both. I mean, his solution is talking to cops. It shows to me such a a disconnect from him, don't you think?
14: You know, without getting into detail, I was there when he was there. And he had a lot of issues. So I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, well, and it sounds now uh, cops still have a lot of issues with him now. Wow. Lots of stuff. Conroy, thank you. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Norm. Line four, your thoughts.
3: Yeah, hi, hi Rita. Um, as an NRA benefactor, life member, by the way, by the way Norm,
1: life... I always love hearing from mm-hmm. you. It's great to hear from you on a Friday I'd night.
3: Love to talk to you too, Rita. Uh, as an NRA benefactor, life member, I think it's completely appropriate to brandish a firearm for an invading marauder. However, you cannot use deadly force and shoot that person unless your life is threatened. Now, what that constitutes is, I guess, up to the cops and the courts. Um, but as Beretta said uh, on that old TV show, don't do the crime if you can't do the time.
1: Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, and who was it, Robert Blake, right? Wasn't it Robert Blake? Was he Beretta? Oh, no, it was, um, oh, you're right, Conrad. You're right, you're right, you're right. You know what, I, I love some of those crime shows, but absolutely, you have to prove that you felt that your life was in danger. And and Norm, I'm also one of those people, I hear what this, you know, what this sheriff is saying. He's fed up. He wants a solution, and he wants to know people need to like. He he feels like the system isn't helping individuals, so he wants individuals to feel empowered. Um, on the other hand, you don't want it to be like wild west either. You have to be you know responsible. You don't want somebody. Go, oh, okay, you know. So there's a lot of issues there. But Norm, thank you. I always love hearing from you. Thanks so much. Let's go to Pat um, on line three. Pat, go ahead.
15: Hey, Rita. Uh, thank you. I want to. Thank the FDNY and the uh, police department and the EMS for the great support they showed today for Tim Klein.
1: Oh, uh, thank you, thank you. And by the way, would would you tell everybody because of of course he was the heroic firefighter who died battling the blaze in Brooklyn. Um, but boy, what a hero! Absolutely. Were you there at the service?
15: Yeah, Tim. Tim is uh, Tim is my cousin, and I. I also wanna. Uh, speak on behalf of the detailed officer or the officer who was on detail for our family used his cell phone to communicate with all the detailed commanders. and that's it. That's all he did with it. He used GPS. He communicated with us to tell us what was going on. Uh, so I don't you know I think the cell phones are uh, of today are an integral part of of what they do and how they use you know a tool that they use to do their job. And uh, and that's what I witnessed. So absolutely. Yeah, really...
1: Absolutely. And Pat, by the by the way, since um, you are Tim Klein's cousin, um, just I just want you to, to share with everybody across the country a little bit just briefly about your cousin, because I have heard so many great things about him. And I was watching the images today. It was a massive funeral um, and an outpouring of love and support uh, for, an. you know, here he goes in to save somebody. Um, and goes into the house, and it just epitomizes to me the courage of him and the courage of all the firefighters across the country.
15: Of, of all the firefighters across the country, but I, I have to say, my my family, the Klein family, has dedicated their entire lives to service. Both um, I have other uncles, and and their children are also in the FDNY. My grandfather was a detective. Um, but it's really all of those guys are heroes and they don't think twice about rushing into a dangerous situation to, to risk their lives. And um, what I know and being immersed in that culture is the good humor and the good nature of all of these guys when they're, when they're off duty, but um, they really are heroes when they, when they, they go to work and they risk their lives for us. So I just, I have to, um, You have to acknowledge it. So thank you, Rita.
1: Thank you. And thank you um, for your family service. And uh, we'll be keeping, of course, Tim and all of you in our prayers. Uh, Timothy Klein, 31 years old, uh, battling a blaze in Brooklyn, New York. Um, And the service today was a beautiful, beautiful outpouring. I was watching the service. And and just I think so many of us around the country are, are just keeping you in our thoughts and prayers. And I feel that we got to know him. Thanks for sharing a little bit of that with all of us, Pat. Thank you very, very much. And everybody, um, let's go to Karen on line five. Karen, um, boy, you know, how beautiful to, to hear from the cousin just about the sacrifice. It's such a powerful reminder of just how dangerous the work is, you know, for firefighters, I for know. law enforcement, for first responders. You know, I mean, they they risk their lives every day. And you know to protect all of us, you know, and, right. and to me, I I hate when I see anybody, um, you know, who doesn't you know appreciate their sacrifice, you know, because to me, these not, people not, are heroes.
3: Not to take anything away from Tim Klein, but I still feel bad for that Texas National Guardsman uh, that got killed, uh, you know, a few a few days ago yep. in Texas.
1: Yep, and by the I way, mean, yeah, it, it,
3: nobody says anything about him. Nothing.
1: Well, we have, by the way, we have, I have on the show, as you know, Karen, because to me, um, Bishop Evans, that was another tragic case recently, goes in, uh, he's 22 years old, by the way, young guy, goes into the Rio Grande, sees uh, two people drowning, two migrants crossed illegally, goes in to save him. Turns out they are drug smugglers, but, and then he dies. Um, trying to save them, and his body washed up along shore. And you just, you know, you hear the stories of this guy, just how he loved everybody, wanted to help everybody. And just as you said, I'm glad you reminded us, because it's a powerful reminder that, you know, there are people out there like great heroes among us, like Tim Klein and Bishop Evans and folks out there who are trying to keep us safe and protect us and protect this country. Karen, thank you very much. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222.
0: You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Feisty, fearless, and fair. And Emmy winning journalists from the White House to war zones. Telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show.
1: And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to continue our conversation about crime in major cities across America. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, advising that the way to really focus on crime right now, not to lock the bad guys up, but to make sure that police aren't spending time looking at their cell phones, which they need to do for work. I mean, how insulting is that? The cops are already overloaded. They're crazed as it is. And that's his advice. And we're also talking about this sheriff, Bob Johnson, in Santa Rosa, Florida County. Uh, Boy, he is making tons of headlines because he said he's just so fed up with seeing repeat offenders over and over again. And he is saying, you know what? In, uh, you know, there's stand your ground. There's all these issues that happen, as we know, in Florida. Remember all these cases? And he says, you know what, homeowners, if you are trained appropriately, If somebody breaks into your house, you can shoot them. Not that you want to open that up because you don't want it to be Wild West either. You want to people be trained and all these other things. But he's just so fed up about repeat offenders over and over again, you know, attacking and hurting good citizens. We also heard Alex Villanueva, who is the sheriff there in Los Angeles, who said he is so sick of seeing the same gang members over and over again. And guess what happens? They get arrested. Then they go to George Gascon, the old soft on crime D.A., and he lets them back out. And he said it is the biggest insult. I mean, things are so bad that sheriffs are openly coming out and saying, like Alex Villanueva, saying he's had it up to here with soft on crime D.A., George Gascon, who's the D.A. in his community. So can you imagine just how bad it is that they keep arresting the same ones over and over again? He's like it's like a revolving door. And he said, this DA just does not get it. And that's why, by the way, Gascone and a couple of these others have recall efforts against them across the country. Where's the recall effort for Alvin Bragg in New York City? Because crime is so bad. We know that we've seen it with others. And George Gascogne, by the way, this is his second recall effort. So let's see if this one maybe boosts him out. And that would sure send a great message across the country that good citizens have had enough. I mean, it is just outrageous. This is, again, one of those George Soros DAs who just continuously seems to get financial backing from these far-left groups, you know, and yet communities suffer tremendously when these people with this crazy left-leaning loony philosophy, and boy, are things a mess there. By the way, also later on in the hour, we're also going to talk about this Mary Poppins woman, which is just so kooky. I mean, this is just this is so crazy. You can't even write this. Here it is. It's 2022. And the Biden administration has picked this woman to be in charge of disinformation, that anybody who proposes disinformation in America and elsewhere, they are going to call them out. And this kooky woman is like singing, you know, this Mary Poppins tune and blasting And she's in charge. She was one of the people who said, oh, there shouldn't be the Hunter Biden story. Shouldn't be out there. That's disinformation. Of course, we know that was wrong. She's one of the ones who said, oh, there should be an investigation of President Trump on Russia. Turned out, of course, they said there was nothing there. So this is the woman who's in charge of disinformation. We are really into scary times with her. Also, um, lots of big developments also coming out out of Russia, Ukraine. We're also going to talk about that because today um, it was really incredible to hear the Pentagon spokesperson, John Kirby, who, you know, I've known John a long time. He's been associated with the Pentagon for a long, long time. Always pretty stoic. He basically broke down almost in tears today because he said he's been looking at some of the images and some of the damage that Putin has done to Ukraine. And it was a dramatic moment. And a lot of people are saying, you know what, Biden, you got to get a spine. You know, you're sitting here and, you know, other countries like the British defense secretary came out and basically said, you know what, We are not afraid of Vladimir Putin. We need to tell Putin that this is his place in the world, that he needs to get out of Ukraine. He needs to know that the full might of NATO, if he takes things further, will be coming down on him. And so far, our government is looking like just mamsie, pamsy And I want to get your take on all of that, too, as well, because is it time? Because there is a narrow window now with Victory Day in Russia. That is May 9th. And a lot of people believe that Vladimir Putin is going to try to do something before May 9th, which is not that far away. As you guys know, it's a little over a week away. And that could mean a very tough week ahead in the country of Ukraine as they are just getting battered now by Russian attacks. And we're going to talk about that a big, big hour here coming up here on the Rita Cosby Show. But first, we are talking about crime in America because the numbers are stunning. And I want to play again. This is the reaction from one of the, basically one of the big police unions in the country. This is Paul DiGiacomo. He's with the Detectives Endowment Association. And this is his reaction to Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, saying, you know what? We're going to try to really crack down on crime. And one of the ways we're going to do it is to keep an eye on police officers' cell phones, Listen to his reaction to that.
4: Back when he was a police officer, they didn't have cell phones. So it's a different type of policing now. Uh, but it's an, intricate, it's an intricate part of policing now, these cell mm-hmm. phones. And uh, we, we obtain a lot of information uh, from them. And it's something that is needed.
1: And then we have basically the sheriff in Florida, Santa Rosa County, Sheriff Bob Johnson, who said... That he is so sick of repeat offenders that he is now telling residents to go to gun classes and be ready. And if somebody breaks into your house, you have the right to defend yourself. Listen to what he says about repeat offenders. Uh, This is Sheriff Bob Johnson in Florida. You know,
13: it's just some people don't learn. I mean, this is for us. He's job security. I mean, we deal with them all the time. So hopefully this time he'll go and he won't get out.
1: And he's talking about this guy named Brandon Harris, who was a repeat offender, wanted a multiple warrants and was breaking into a repeated group of houses. Ultimately, he was jumping headfirst out of a window where he finally got apprehended. Thank God. What are your thoughts about this approach to tracking down basically on crime in the country? You've got sheriff's who have had it up to here, and even in New York City, you even hear the New York City Police Commissioner, Keyshawn Sewell, the woman, you know, she's been really vocal about bail reform, really vocal and frustrated about this revolving door. So why can't they fix it? My goodness. You know, it's a Democratic mayor, it's a Democratic governor, and you got a soft on crime DA, and guess what? There are primaries coming up. There's an election coming up. You know, there's midterms coming up. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming up. And boy, will there be a very powerful message if they can't get crime under control in so many cities across America. What does it take? How many sheriffs need to come out and say they've had it up to here? I mean, it, it, it is just skyrocketing right now. one eight hundred eight let us go to Conroy on line five. Conroy, your thoughts about this?
14: Uh, how you doing? Um, so I retired three years ago from the New York City Police Department. I was a sergeant. I served 36 years. And in the three short years that I've been retired, they no longer do reports on paper. Memo books aren't done on paper. Everything's done on the phone. So just because a cop is on the phone, whether it's in the subway or in the radio car or on a foot post, he might be finishing his paperwork from the previous job. So to assume, and that's it's a police department issued phone, by the way. Is that their own personal phone? Exactly. So Conroy. Doing something wrong is terrible.
1: Exactly. Conroy, you hit it on the head. They're doing so much work, and you just said that it was issued to them. That's the way also. That, hey, you know, be on the lookout for this bad person or, by the way, now a missing child or missing somebody or or, hey, this guy's on the run. Here's what he looks like. Here's a picture. Here's a description. Here's a description of the vehicle. I mean, what are, what are we living there? What, you want them to go to a pay phone and call in and ask for details? I mean, what does it say to you, Conroy, that a, you know, a mayor who is a former police officer and part of the reason a lot of people voted for him in New York City, you know, I remember we did, I did a lot of coverage and, and when people were voting, a lot of people said, well, he's a former cop. You know, he'll be good because he'll bridge over both. He'll understand the role of cops. And maybe he can help, you know, other people in the community. He can be kind of a good bridge to both. I mean, his solution is talking to cops. It shows to me such a a disconnect from him, don't you think?
9: You
14: know, without getting into detail, I was there when he was there. And he had a lot of issues. So I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, well, and it sounds now uh, cops still have a lot of issues with him now. Wow. Lots of stuff. Conroy, thank you. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Norm. Line four, your thoughts.
3: Yeah, hi, hi Rita. Um, as an NRA by the way, benefactor, life member, by the way, Norm,
1: life... I always love hearing from mm-hmm. you. It's great to hear from you on a Friday I'd night.
3: Love to talk to you too, Rita. Uh, as an NRA benefactor, life member, I think it's completely appropriate to brandish a firearm for an invading marauder. However, you cannot use deadly force and shoot that person unless your life is threatened. Now, what that constitutes is, I guess, up to the cops and the courts. Um, but as Beretta said uh, on that old TV show, "Don't do the crime if you can't do the time."
1: Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, and who was it? Robert Blake, right? Wasn't it Robert Blake? Was he Beretta? Oh no, it was. Um, oh, you're right, Conrad. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know what? I I love some of those crime shows, but absolutely, you have to prove that you felt that your life was in danger. And and Norm, I'm also one of those people. I hear what this, you know, what this sheriff is saying. He's fed up. He wants a solution, and he wants to know people need to like. He he feels like the system isn't helping individuals, so he wants individuals to feel empowered. Um, on the other hand, you don't want it to be like wild west either. You have to be you know responsible. You don't want somebody. To go, oh, okay, you know. So there's a lot of issues there. But Norm, thank you. I always love hearing from you. Thanks so much. Let's go to Pat um, on line three. Pat, go ahead.
15: Hey Rita, uh, thank you. I want to. Thank the FDNY and the uh, police department and the EMS for the great support they showed today for Tim Klein.
1: Oh, uh, thank you, thank you. And by the way, would would you tell everybody because of of course he was the heroic firefighter who died battling the blaze in Brooklyn. Um, but boy, what a hero! Absolutely. Were you there at the service?
15: Yeah, Tim. Tim is uh, Tim is my cousin, and I I also want to. Uh, speak on behalf of the detailed officer or the officer who was on detail for our family used his cell phone to communicate with all the detailed commanders and that's it that's all he did with it, he used GPS he communicated with us to tell us what was going on Uh, so I don't, you know I think the cell phones uh, of today are an integral part of, of what they do and how they use, you know, a tool that they use to do their job and uh, and that's what I witnessed. So. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: really... Absolutely. And Pat, by the by the way, since um, you are Tim Klein's cousin, um, just I just want you to, to share with everybody across the country a little bit just briefly about your cousin, because I have heard so many great things about him. And I was watching the images today. It was a massive funeral um, and an outpouring of love and support uh, for, an. you know, here he goes in to save somebody. Um, and goes into the house, and it just epitomizes to me the courage of him and the courage of all the firefighters across the country.
15: Of, of all the firefighters across the country, but I, I have to say, my my family, the Klein family, has dedicated their entire lives to service. Both um, I have other uncles, and and their children are also in the FDNY. My grandfather was a detective. Um, but it's really all of those guys are heroes and they don't think twice about rushing into a dangerous situation to to risk their lives and um, what I know and being immersed in that culture is the good humor and the good nature of all of these guys when they're when they're off duty but um, they really are heroes when they when they they go to work and they risk their lives for us so I just I have to um, you have to acknowledge it. So thank you, Rita.
1: Thank you. And thank you um, for your family service. And uh, we'll be keeping, of course, Tim and all of you in our prayers. Uh, Timothy Klein, 31 years old, uh, battling a blaze in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and the service today was a beautiful, beautiful outpouring. I was watching the service and uh, and just, I think so many of us around the country are, are just keeping you in our thoughts and prayers and I feel that we got to know him. Thanks for sharing a little bit of that with all of us, Pat. Thank you very, very much. And everybody, um, let's go to Karen on line five. Karen, um, boy, you know, how beautiful to, to hear from the cousin just about the sacrifice. It's such a powerful reminder of just how dangerous the work is, you know, for firefighters, I for know. law enforcement, for first responders. You know, I mean, they they risk their lives every day. And you know to protect all of us, you know, and right. and to me, I I hate when I see anybody, um, you know, who doesn't you know appreciate their sacrifice, you know, because to me, these not, people not are to, heroes.
3: Not to take anything away from Tim Klein, but I still feel bad for that Texas National Guardsman uh, that got killed, uh, you know, a few a few days ago yep. in
1: Texas. Yep, and by the I way, mean, yeah, it, it,
3: nobody says anything about him. Nothing.
1: Well, we have, by the way, we have, I have on the show, as you know, Karen, because to me, um, Bishop Evans, that was another tragic case recently, goes in, uh, he's 22 years old, by the way, young guy, goes into the Rio Grande, sees uh, two people drowning, two migrants crossed illegally, goes in to save him. Turns out they are drug smugglers, but, and then he dies. Um, trying to save them, and his body washed up along shore. And you just, you know, you hear the stories of this guy, just how he loved everybody, wanted to help everybody. And just as you said, I'm glad you reminded us, because it's a powerful reminder that, you know, there are people out there, like great heroes among us, like Tim Klein and Bishop Evans, and folks out there who are trying to keep us safe and protect us and protect this country. Karen, thank you very much. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222.
0: You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this pod. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, it is where we honor our great veterans and also their families. And here's a beautiful story coming from Pickens, South Carolina. I am a University of South Carolina grad, so I love being able to shine a light. I'm a Gamecock, all right? So anyway, I'm glad to see Pickens, South Carolina in the spotlight where a World War II Army veteran, 96-year-old Corporal Ray E. Dawkins was honored with the highest level of merit from the French government for his service this week. Now, Raymond was honored to receive the award. It's the French Legion of Honor Medal, and he accepted it on behalf of all of those who did not make it home. Drafted in 1944, Dawkins was assigned to a 20-millimeter gun aboard the Queen Mary as he sailed over to Europe to fight the Germans. He would later march through France, then across the Rhine into Germany and Austria to win the day in Europe. He was a member of the 141st Infantry Regiment of the 36th Division of the U.S. Army. And he said that he had many close calls in his time, from almost being hit with shrapnel to narrowly avoiding a German mine. And how beautiful that he has been honored by France. It's highest honor to be able to say thank you, thank you, thank you to our great servicemen and women. And one of the things that, you know, you always hear about the people that go overseas and how we fight for freedom, not just for our country, but for other countries as well. Um, and really a beacon of democracy. And that's why, to me, whenever I hear these things of a disinformation bureau, Cracking down on Americans' free speech, it gets me so angry because there are people across the country and across the world that are fighting for our freedom of speech, fighting to defend that we can speak what we want to say, express what we want to say, and not feel any repercussions. And that, to me, is fundamental to America, who we are as a democracy. You know, you might as well be, what, like a China, where they're sanctioning every word and they're blocking out everything you say, Well, America is supposed to be free speech. And now the Biden administration has come down with what they are calling an information bureau. It is a, quote, disinformation bureau. And they say that they have now put this person in charge. Her name is Nina Jankovitz. And this woman, this is frightening. First off, you know, the fact that it comes down right after they say that Elon Musk is buying Twitter you know, it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. we don't want openness on Twitter. Suddenly we want to control the message. And so Nina Jankovic gets appointed and we were just playing some of these comments. She clearly is not an unbiased person. She clearly has it in for people who are associated with Trump. She believes the Hunter laptop story was disinformation. She was out there tweeting about it in October of 2020. Oh, this shouldn't be out there. This is disinformation. Um, You know, so who's monitoring the person who claims to be in charge of disinformation? This to me is really, really scary. And a lot of people are saying it's sort of like George Orwell. It's like dystopian. And there's something to me that's really, really uncomfortable about this woman. And not only is I think her philosophy crazy, take a listen to her. This is really her on a TikTok, a social media video that she did talking about disinformation this is who the biden administration this is the best person they could find in america to oversee their quote disinformation bureau first of all i don't like the idea of it but to have this person this woman's nuts take a listen
2: alluring is really quite ferocious it's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in congress or a mainstream outlet so disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious it's how you hide a little hide a little lie, it's how you hide a little idle a little lie, it's how you hide a little idle lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or oh, when TikTok influencers say Covid can cause pain. They're laundering disinfo and we really should take note, and not support their lies with our wallet, voice or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious, it's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious. By saying them in Congress, for a mainstream outlet just information's origin seems slightly less atrocious.
1: <laughs> (laughs) whoa that is really her on video i thought it was a joke i thought somebody like was like editing it that is really her and how scary that they have picked a loony person who clearly has it out for conservatives as head of the disinformation bureau what is this disinformation bureau doing what are they snitching and ratting on people that they don't like the information for people to investigate them this, to me, there's just something really un-American and unseemly about all of this. And Congressman Jim Jordan agrees. Take a listen to him.
6: The left controls just about everything in our culture today. And you got one guy who uh, one guy who buys Twitter, one part of the big tech platforms out there and they go crazy. So they want to control the message. And, and, and I think it's interesting and ask this question um, to, to Secretary Mayorkas. Nina Jankowicz is the person in charge. So the person in charge of the disinformation governance board is the same individual who told us the dossier was real and the Hunter uh, Laptop story was false. That's the
1: person in charge. That is frightening. That is scary. Yeah, that is. To me, it's like you almost can't even make it up. I think we are, you know, really heading to dangerous, dangerous territory. Here's a little more Jim Jordan talking about that.
6: Today's left basically says... If you don't agree with them, you're not allowed to speak. And if you try, they're going to call you a racist and try to cancel you. And that is that is how scary it's gotten. So God bless Elon Musk and what he's doing. This is a way we can begin to fight back.
1: And here's a line of disinformation. If I were in charge of the disinformation board, guess who I would call up first? I would call up Alejandro Mayorkas. Because this is what he actually said before Congress this week. And you could certainly make the case of him saying that the border is under control, our southern border is under control. I would say that's disinformation. That's a lie. It is a blatant, blatant lie. So here's what I would put as Exhibit A of disinformation. Take a listen. Here is Alejandro Mayorkas this week claiming we got the border. It's fine. Everything's great down there, everybody. Listen.
6: We inherited a broken and dismantled system that is already under strain. It is not built to manage the current levels and types of migratory flows. Only Congress can fix this. Yet we have effectively managed an unprecedented number of non citizens seeking to enter the United States and interdicted more drugs and disrupted more smuggling operations than ever before.
1: That is disinformation. That's not true. So, I think we got to call him out. He should be exhibit A. What do you think, everybody? 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. Let's go to Jimmy on line two. Jimmy, what do you think about the fact that they've appointed this woman who clearly has an axe to grind and she's in charge of deciding what's disinformation in America? This is, this to me is scary, Jimmy
8: this is a marxist movement i can explain it in two minutes very brief the marxist end goal is to get the means of get control of the means of production in other words socialism to replace capitalism first they need to get control of the means of education the means of information and the means of communication that will shape views and opinions which will shape the way you vote you will vote in communist and they will bring in communists to consolidate and weaponize government agencies to neutralize the opposition this is what they did in czechoslovakia in nineteen forty eight this is what the communist press says is the model for the west it's happening right before our eyes some of these things and people sound stupid and crazy But if you think your enemy is stupid and crazy, you're less able to see how they're actually winning and outsmarting us. This is right before our eyes. The woman sounds nuts, but anybody who embraces Marxism and communism are nuts. But when they're organized and have a plan and it's worldwide, they have a big, especially when for 30 years the conservative. Conservative media celebrities kept saying we defeated communism. Everything is opposite. As you talk about alternative universe, the communists talk about that too. They call it counter-hegemony. This is These strategies are thousands of years old. Sun Tzu in The Art of War 2,500 years ago wrote, When near appear far. When so how, far do, how do you beat near.
1: it, Jim? How do you beat it? Because I'm telling you to have somebody like that in charge of quote disinformation Uh, and you're right it seems it's sort of like this it is kind of going back to the communist time i mean that is one of those things that you know you look through history uh the basically the way that they control a population is by controlling the message that gets to the population scorning ones that go against whatever their view is Um, but to me i use the phrase un-american and i rarely use that phrase but there's something really unseemly jimmy about this i really do feel there's something um this this goes against all the principles that our great country's founded on
8: When listen when a communist lies if it helps the revolution they don't consider it a, a lie it's revolutionary truth a lot of these people will pass a lie detector test on this some of these people are totally convinced Communist. A lot of people are just dupes and dopes and people that go along for various reasons. As I said before, for 30 years the conservative brains kept saying we defeated communism. They were part of the communist movement without even knowing it. It's like a prostitute who really believes her pimp loves her. A lot of people were fooled. 34 years, I'm – exposed. if I could meet you and sit with you a while, I could explain the whole thing, show you documentation. No, I listen, I
1: hear you, Jim, and, and thank you very much for the call because I do think there is something communistic about this and controlling and authoritarian. And again, I go back. It's, it's exactly against the principles of our dem- – I wouldn't want anybody to be deciding what's disinformation – I, I don't. That's why like when I saw that like Elon Musk was buying Twitter, I thought, hey, that's great because his philosophy was to open it up to everybody. That's what America is. It's a free exchange of ideas, it's free thoughts, it's this. And for her to decide, again, that the Hunter Biden laptop was just a bunch of hogwash when we know now that it is true. I mean, how dare we decide this Looney Tune is the head of what Americans can hear and not hear? That that to me feels like we should be in Russia, or we should be somewhere else like that, or China, uh, and there, you know. And I don't want to be in either place right now. Believe me. Uh, let's go to Michael on line one. Go ahead, Michael. Your thoughts.
8: Oh gosh, thank you, Rita. Okay, can you hear me? Okay,
1: I hear you. Okay, go ahead, Mike.
8: Okay, uh, here's the deal. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, yeah, this.
1: This is right out of George Orwell.
8: Yeah, that's what it
1: feels like. Exactly. You know what, Michael? That's exactly what I thought, too. Like, I use the term, like, she's what, our big sister. You know, like big brother watching. It's frightening.
8: No, I don't think you can say big sister. You have to say big birthing person.
1: Oh, that's correct. You're right. That's right. I forgot about that. The sister is pejorative these days, boy. (laughs) You're right, how crazy is it? How crazy that we have to figure out how we say it? uh, you're right, big sister, maybe I could get monitored for that right
10: and And do you remember double
1: think That's true. Can't say that anymore, right? It's, I mean, this is right out of a
8: bad dream. These people, as long as we go to the polls, these people are gonna lose, so damn. well that you bring up a great
1: point michael where because don't you think average americans like like you and i are going what this is where their focus is their focus is on on this at a time as we're talking about crime and all the other things it's you, you hit it on the head it is outrageous michael thank you for the call you're great thank you let's go to elena on line four elena your thoughts good evening rita good evening my friend happy friday Thank you. Thank you. Happy Friday to you as well. Rita, I think we're going through a communist social psychosis. That's a good word. I feel like a psycho is a good way to describe yes. her. Yes, <laughs> that's what's happening to our No, that's what's happening to our whole society. Parents cannot talk about their children's education. Children are not supposed to tell parents what the teachers are saying. Policemen
3: are not supposed to protect themselves by using their phones that they were given to do their jobs. And now we have an official bureau to control us all? Rita, this, is, th- th- this isn't even Orwellian. That was a
1: book. This is real social psychosis. This experiment is scary. Yeah, and guess what? We're all the guinea pigs, you know? I mean, that's uh, the yeah. scary thing, Elena. You know, as much as, like, we're all going, oh, my goodness— You know, it's like this really is happening. There really is a bureau. And this woman, they actually really picked her. Like, again, when I saw that image of her on social media with the TikTok thing, I'm thinking that can't be right. But it is right. That's her. And these are these statements. And of all the people, first of all, I don't think there should be a bureau of disinformation. I think it's outrageous. And it's so transparent to me what they're trying to do. They're trying to monitor who can say what because they can't have it. They suddenly feel like, oh, God, we don't maybe have Twitter anymore because of Elon Musk. So they're trying to come up with some alternative. And to me, uh, this is downright dangerous and scary, just as you said. I mean, this is it's frightening because this is real life and that they actually with a straight face think there's a reason to have this. I mean, this is, uh, we're headed into really dangerous territory, guys. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222.
0: You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Give me a hoe if you got your funky bus fare.
1: It is Friday night, and we're playing a little Friday night music here on The Rita Cosby Show. And I'm going to continue with your calls about this crazy disinformation bureau that has been created by the Biden administration. Um, But I wanted to play before we leave this weekend, um, as he, you know, as Biden is looking at disinformation, looking, you know, about some of the stuff that just is like insane, that that's where their focus is. He has yet to go to the border, by the way. I mean, this is just amazing After all the problems going on at the border and all the serious issues, there was a really emotional moment that took place today. Um, And I was watching John Kirby. He is the Pentagon spokesperson who was talking about the atrocities that continue to take place in Ukraine because tonight Ukraine is getting battered. And, in fact, the capital of Kiev has also taken some major strikes from the Russians as the war continues. There's some serious stuff out there. And now we've got Biden focused on disinformation. That's where his focus is right now. It should be on protecting our border. It should be protecting the world security. And I don't think he's doing a good job at either. And today, John Kirby, the Pentagon spokesperson, um, in kind of a rare moment, usually he's pretty stoic, Got a very emotional talking about what he has seen of the damage from Vladimir Putin. Take a listen.
10: I'm not a psychologist. Um, barely got a history degree from the University of South Florida. I'm not going to go into the psychology of uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, it's hard to look at what he's doing in Ukraine, what his forces are doing in Ukraine, and think that any um, uh, ethical, moral individual could justify that. It's difficult to look at the... Sorry. It's difficult to look at some of the images and imagine that any well-thinking, serious, mature leader would do that. So I can't talk to his psychology, but uh, I think we can all speak to his depravity.
1: Well, wow, very, very emotional moment, and that is why our president needs to be focused on things that matter as opposed to checking on Americans what we say and don't say. There is something so horrible about this disinformation bureau at a time where world security is at risk and our southern border is wide open. He's not going to the border. He's not spending his time and trips there he's spending his time talking about a disinformation bureau with a woman who's clearly a political hack. It's just incredible. Let's go to Robert, Line 5 in Philly. Go ahead, Robert. Your thoughts.
5: Two quick things, Rita. I just wanted to thank the Democratic Party for finally showing their true colors for all America to see. They are anti-American, anti-constitutional, and I'll leave the rest of the adjectives off because I respect your show. Secondly, don't worry about this. They can't do anything. As soon as it gets to court, it's thrown out, and it will guarantee a landslide election for the Republicans in November. And all of this nonsense will be squashed. Thanks, Stan. Have wow. a great weekend.
6: Okay? Wow!
1: Look at you. I love that. I love that talking about Stan, who always calls. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good little line there, Robert. Thank you. Let's go to Frank in Canada, line seven. Frank, your thoughts.
7: Hi, Rita. Love talking to you. Like I said, the first couple of times I talked to you.
1: Thank anyway, you. Uh,
7: this is just ridiculous. I mean, um
1: yeah. By the way, are you looking at us in Canada, going, "What the heck is going on in oh, the no, water?" And we, you we know? have
7: it going on here too. It's just a little crazy, and but people are standing up. I think, and. Uh, what I, I had so much to say, but I've been on hold for so long. Oh, I'm so but so
1: Frank, I'm, we had a lot. Of, but real quick, you know what? Okay, it's outrageous. Uh, what I'd like
7: to say is uh, I would like to say uh, Joe Biden is not a president, never has been, and someone's controlling him, and we all know that. And the the this disinformation board or whatever you're calling it, it's just so ridiculous, and I love you very much, and I hope these people are so smart. Just get these people out of there. Just yeah, do it.
1: it is insane. Frank, thank you. Take good care of Canada. We always love hearing from you. Let's go to Pete online too two. Go ahead, Pete.
8: Rita, first of all, I want to congratulate you on that prestigious award that you received, and I couldn't have been to a better person. You know, I call all Thank all you, all the Pete. You're a sweetheart. Thank you. Make- you. You make me feel comfortable. Sometimes when I'm speaking, I stumble a little. I'm not the most, you know, I education, high school and stuff. I think I learned from the streets a lot, you know.
1: Guess what? So, hey, Pete, that, always, is, that, that is the best education of all, and I love your calls.
8: <laughs> the thing with supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, I said to my wife, Renee, I said, can you spell that? And she just did. You know, she broke it up phonetically, which I couldn't believe. It. I said, man, you spelled it right. You know, because I actually looked it up on the, um, you know, Internet, and it was spelled exactly the way she did. Now, well, the well, you, by is,
1: the uh, way, you know what that means, Pete? That means you married. You definitely did well, my friend, because you, you have a smart gal. And obviously, Pete, we love your calls all the time. Unfortunately, we got a break for the weekend, but Pete... Definitely give me a call on Monday. I love hearing from all of you guys and pray for our country. I agree with what all of you guys have been saying. Hit the polls and get these crazy people out who don't care about our country but care about